Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Hello, everybody. Today is an absolute fantastic today. Welcome to the Energy News Beat. My name is Stu Turley, President and CEO of the Sandstone Group. And I've got the pleasure of having Sarah Stogner. And I'm telling you what, I am so excited. She is running for the Texas Railroad Commission and she's in a runoff. She's a little bit of a uh, wildcat running around out there. And welcome to the podcast today, Sarah. I cannot wait to have this conversation. Well, thanks for having me. Uh, And tell me where you're in Texarkana right now. I am actually on the road. I was in Austin this morning and I'm headed to Texarkana now. And I so we just literally pulled over off I-35 in Central Texas, just a little bit north of Waco. Oh, outstanding. Well, thank you for taking the time. I just feel very honored and our listeners are going to really enjoy hearing your side of what's going on in the Texas Railroad uh, runoff here. So. You are an underdog, uh, and I don't know how you say under uh, unicorn, or uh, you've, you've always had that unicorn as your logo. Tell us a little bit how or you wanted to become a railroad commissioner and how you got started and then how we got into the runoff. So tell us why you're wanting to be a commissioner. Yeah. Well, you know, honestly, I don't know that I really want to be a commissioner. I just feel like I'm the most qualified, but yeah, no. Do I really want to take a pay cut and move to Austin? Not really, but I, I do love this industry and I feel like we're at a crossroads and I feel like we need some real leadership to step up and sacrifice because yeah, we've got issues, but yeah, no. So kind of big, Long story short is I've been an oil and gas lawyer for 14 years. I've lived in the Permian for five and um, have always represented operators, service companies, midstream guys in mostly contractual risk allocation negotiations and then litigation when necessary. So I'm a well-control attorney. You know, a blowout happens. I show up and then we help litigate issues later. Wow. Specifically, insurance coverage is where I really learned Most of my technical skills is from representing operators in complex blowouts and then suing the insurance companies to get paid. And so moved out onto a cattle ranch last summer and had an old well that had been plugged by Chevron in the 90s come unplugged and it was flowing 10 pound brine at surface. And I knew from my well control experience that that was kill weight fluid and that something was really wrong and thought, oh, good. It's Chevron. They're a good company. They'll step up to the plate and do the right thing. And unfortunately, what happened over the next several months was anything but. They went to the Railroad Commission and complained about the landowner. The Railroad Commission lawyered up against the landowner. So if you're a criminal in the state of Texas or you're a landowner complaining about oil and gas, you get lawyered up against by the state. And yeah, just realized that we needed the system was broken and that I couldn't be a lawyer representing my clients and and really helping in a broken system, right? We needed the system to work uh, as intended. And, and over the years, we've kind of gotten to the point in the court system and the regulatory system that it's pay to play. And if you don't have 
you know, millions of dollars to go and throw at lawyers and the, that process, you really get left behind. And so it, it became evident to me what started out as, okay, I'll, I'll throw my name in the hat. I'll pay $3,700 to be on the, the ballot really turned into, um, we had that geyser that formed in Crane County in January. That was the visual I needed to get some more press coverage. And then yes, my Super Bowl ad, uh, that kind of, yeah, I think put us, put us over the edge for name recognition and trying to get people to actually care about this race. Cause unfortunately, if you're not in the oil and gas industry, most people in Texas aren't aware of what the railroad commission does and really right. aren't aren't included in the process. You know, the, and the railroad commission is a horrible name uh, because it does impact uh, the oil and gas industry for the United States. It's not just the, I mean, it is a very widespread impacting commission and everybody thinks, oh, it's a railroad commission. It's a lot more than that. So are you going to have a new name put on it? You know, I don't think I have jurisdiction I don't <laughs> to, to rename it, but I would support that. I know that it's been kind of a, an issue over the years. And I right. and when I asked Christy Craddock about it a, a few years ago at a Women's Energy Network event, and she said, well, the reason we don't change the name is because it would be a waste of tax dollars. You know, it, it's going to cost millions of dollars to yeah. rebrand everything. And at the time, I thought, yeah, I mean, I'm fiscally conservative. Let's not waste right. money. It's kind of a neat heritage piece of history of Texas. And then right. Now, the, the more I get into it, I realize it's, in, I think it's intentional at this point. They enjoy that most people don't understand that they no longer have jurisdiction over railroads and they use it to keep people in the dark. And so uh, I would absolutely support renaming it. I, I don't support it being another, you know, gubernatorial appointment. I think it absolutely needs to stay an elected position, but I would support changing the name. Well, fantastic. So as you go through this, you're in a runoff. I, nobody would expect this. So as you're getting ready for your campaign, you're going to Texarkana. You have, what, another two months of just running around Texas. You have a driver that I just saw on your LinkedIn. This is pretty cool. Are you having a good time meeting everybody? I am. I mean, I'm having a blast. I'm, I'm having way more fun than I probably should. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, in the environment and everything else with Texas, ERCOT, the whole Railroad Commission, what are some of the biggest things that you want to change? Your story and your involvement as an attorney and you having that uh, vision is far superior than a lot of other folks that are already on the commission with that background. I have not heard that kind of a nice story from anybody that's on the commission. Yeah, no, I mean, the ones that are there, right? Christy's a career politician, Wayne's a career politician, and Jim's an industry guy that, um, you know, kind of came out of nowhere. So I think right. that, yeah, no, I, I'm hopeful that I do have the, I mean, I've got an economics undergrad, a law school degree, and 14 years of industry experience. So I am prepared to go in and obviously one out of three people can't do anything on their own, but right. I'm hopeful that what I can do is bring my personality, my transparency to the commission. So, you know, if I'm elected, I'll be posting on LinkedIn, talking about the day, you know, going live on TikTok and inviting people to comment and participate. Because I think for too long, that's been the problem is we don't have transparency and we don't have all of the stakeholders that are affected in the room. And that's really important. You know, it's refreshing. I'm not a politician fan and it is so nice that you're not a politician. <laughs> I think we ought to vote them all out personally. Yeah. I say fire them all. I agree. I mean, look, we need term limits. We need, 
ranked voting, right? So that people can cast a vote and not fear that they're throwing it away. I mean, I think we've, we can, if we want to, uh, we can tackle a lot of these political challenges right. with just some, you know, people standing up. I'll say, you, you know, with uh, the administration begging Saudi Arabia and with the Biden uh, putting uh, the sanctions on the Russian oil, this is a we're in a geopolitical mess right now that we've never seen before. And with the uh, world energy crisis was, in my opinion, brought on by 25 years of bad energy policy, forcing everybody to go to renewables. I, let's leave the uh, discussion of whether or not there's climate change or any of that off the table just for now. Now, we've got to get the lowest cost kilowatt per hour to everybody with the least amount of impact on the environment. And natural gas is the way to do it. We're going to have to have oil and gas. And then we're importing, what, 700,000 barrels a day from Russia. The one that got me was, oh, the Iranian sanctions. California is now importing 20% over the last five years from Iran, even when they were under sanctioned. So, you know, we sit here and we say, drill, baby, drill, but we're going to still need oil. I mean, well, how- yeah, because we need we don't we can't refine it. Right. We haven't built refineries to refine our sweet crude. Exactly. So what are you what are you going to say if somebody comes up and says, but we don't need Russian oil. What are you going to say there? Or so, how is your thought on the future of oil? This is a mess. It is. And I think, you know, we again, my entire platform has been intellectual honesty. And I think for too long, we've had policy decisions that have been made based on political motives on two, four and six year timelines, not hundred thousand, ten thousand year timelines. And look, you know, uh, if you'd asked me a year ago, I probably would have had a different opinion before I started seeing some of the issues with our our operations in Texas. And I, I was drill, baby, drill. Now, and then the longer we go, we have gotten so good at the technology of extracting, right? I mean, what we thought our reserves were 10 years ago, we've now 10x that. And who's to say, right, with what we're leaving still in shale. So I, I think we're going to continue to get much better at extracting it. What we need to get better at doing is, um, you know, having long term policy decisions. Right. Where is the energy? Where is the processing? Where is the demand going to be? And planning that, because if we're intellectually honest, Probably what needs to happen is everybody needs a couple solar panels and a small little wind turbine on their building, and right. that provides some of their power. And then we supplement, but we we need to look at nuclear. We need to look at geothermal. We need to be looking at hydro. We need to be looking at all sorts of uh, different options and making them based on scientific data for you know cost benefit analysis because there is no such thing as green energy right everything right. has a cost and uh, batteries and rare earth minerals and solar panels and right all of this and um i think for far too long decisions have been made because of who who are the lobbyists pushing and where are the big businesses coming in and instead we need to be looking at what's best for the people and right. what's best for to make sure that we don't have these these really important economic implications because it's a global economy. And I think that COVID and, you know, our reliance on foreign microchips and things like this has really, I I don't know, wake up call for Americans to say, okay, look, there is a cost to things and maybe 
the least expensive option short term isn't the least expensive option long term. And right. yeah, we, we've got to figure this out because China's building, I don't know what, 15 or 20 coal fired power plants right now. Yep. And we, you know, we need reliable energy. And they're buying a lot of coal from Russia. And now Russia is also the breadbasket and there's going to be a food shortage because of the embargoes. And then we have all of the natural gas that is uh, causing uh, fertilizer shortages. So not only are we in a commodities boom, we're in an energy crisis. We have food crisis coming up. Buckle up. We're going to need all the good leaders that we can. If you walk up and I'm going to ask you a couple of fun questions. What is the most fun discussion you've had while you've been on the road? Oh, man. <laughs> you know, I would say the 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 best conversations that I've had have been with other candidates. Right. Like get the. Cool. Yeah. And unfortunately, two of the guys that I really bonded with didn't make it past the initial election. Right. But, you know, you're on a, a circuit kind of together. And so getting to meet the other uh, candidates, the railroad commission candidates, you know, I, I'm friends with Tom and Dwayne's now. Yep. So like that was interesting, but yeah, just the getting to meet the other candidates who like me are not really part of the establishment and just really care uh, about our state and want to want, want to be public servants and, and are willing to put themselves out there. That's been the, I think the best conversation. Oh, Tom, yeah. uh, Tom Slocum's an interesting cat. Isn't he? <laughs> he is. I enjoyed my podcast with him. He was in his uh, ranch uh, on his backyard and his dogs were mauling him. And then you're on the road. So, you know, you guys uh, have a lot of fun out there now. So you've had your most fun talks with your other coworker, uh, co-conspirators running down the road. What do you see as some of the biggest talking points that you have to overcome when people ask you, what are some of your biggest objections? You know, I think, some of the biggest, what I, what I try to avoid is getting into the social issues, right? Yeah. Um, Wayne Christian ran on a pro-life platform in 2016 and won because that's what Republican primary voters in the state of Texas were really cared about at that point, right? And wow. so what I've been trying to do is say, look, I can talk about those, my, you know, my personal views on those, but they're completely right. irrelevant for this position. And so the biggest challenge I would say has been trying to make sure that people like, let's stay on topic and let's start training voters to ask questions about the specific positions, because unless you're going to be a, a state rep or a senator you know, you're not making policy decisions on a lot of these issues that the Republican Party has taken as their primary party platforms. Uh, so are you going to actually going to be alive at the end of two months after crisscrossing the whole state? Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's why I've got a driver. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very smart move. Now, are you eating at truck stops? Because uh, I would I would gain 600 pounds and I don't know how you're going to do that. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I actually, post COVID, I was in, I think I was outside of Waco a couple of weeks ago trying to get a meal at 10 o'clock at night because I'd been on the trail all day. I'd gone yep. to events and um, IHOP, I thought, okay, IHOP's open 24 hours. IHOP is now closing at 10 p.m. because of COVID. And so it has been a challenge. There's been a lot of beef jerky. Diet Coke and peanut M&Ms. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> well, Sarah, how can people reach out and donate to your cause? Because this is a true cause. Tell us how we can donate and how we can get involved and help you. Yeah. So I'm not accepting campaign contributions. So I'm not oh. accepting money. 
But people can certainly volunteer if they want to reach out. They can go to my website, Sarah, the number four, rrc.com. Or if they scan that little QR code next to my shoulder, it'll bring them to to all my my information. But yeah, that's, that's probably the best way. I am looking for help like in different counties if they want to print out some of my flyers to take, you know, or to have. Um, and then if there's events where I'm not able to attend, if there's locals that are, are willing to yep. show up and maybe read a statement for me and stuff like that, I'm happy to, I'm, I'm putting that together as we speak. You know, sir, I really had so much fun. And my opinion of you just has already been high just because you're having so much fun. You're breaking the curve. You're running down that road, but you said, I don't want to take money. I got chills. Wow. Somebody running for an office that's got ethics. Wow. <laughs> this is really cool. Yeah. So. You know, I, I have no long-term political aspirations, so I'm not trying to build a campaign coffers for a future rate. And I'm going to prove that you don't need money, that we are in a new era and that when you wow. actually have substance behind you and a social media following, you can reach your audience. And I finally got the media's attention. So yeah, it's pretty exciting. Oh, it is. And we're sure going to help see if we can get your word out there and everything else. So, Sarah, thank you for pulling over and having your driver at least stop. And uh, we do appreciate that. So uh, hopefully we can have you back and get get an update. If there's anything, please reach out to us and we'll have all your contact information in the show. notes. So thank Great. you. Very much. Thank you. Thanks so much. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.